Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another exciting edition of the Stable of Studs Wrestling Podcast. I'm indeed your host, Tank Rodriguez. Joined with me is the solo stud, Mailman Mike. Mailman Mike, how you doing? I am absolutely wonderful now. It is always a privilege and a pleasure to join you and the uh, and the loyal stud listeners here this evening. <laughs> it's been a minute, man. <laughs> it has. It has too been too long. It has been way too long, and, and and I say it all the time, but hopefully we get back on track with this because I do miss it and I do miss you. And oh man, I wish we had something better to talk about today. And we are going to get into it, obviously. Uh, but you know. Um, you know what? There's really nothing else to really talk about. I mean, I, there's good stuff in wrestling going on. We had Full Gear. Full Gear was great. Had a good time watching it. Yep. Of course, tomorrow, uh, Sunday, uh, this weekend, we do have Survivor Series. Not really looking forward to that. Uh, but I guess, you know, Survivor Series is a very fitting uh, pay-per-view name uh, for what <laughs> WWE has been going through, has it not? It is. It is. Like, uh, you know, so much, you know, what a tumultuous place for so many of the performers, their families, their close friends. I can't even imagine what it's like to, to be an employee in a company where tomorrow isn't necessarily a given. Absolutely. You know, where, you, you know, despite television time and position and pushes and title wins or any of those things, uh, there's, there's no guarantee that there will be a tomorrow for you. And, for that to happen in mid to late November, you know, as Thanksgiving's rapidly approaching and families, it's all about families getting the opportunity to sit down and share what they're thankful for and, yeah. you know, the, the blessings that have come into their life. And to think that many of them, even now, don't know where in, you know, 30, 60, 90 days, their, you know, where their income will really be, be coming from yeah. and what what that'll look like is a terrifying thought. Absolutely. And, you know, so obviously we're talking about, you know, more recent, more releases uh, from WWE. And uh, that's kind of what we were going to talk about today. But I just thought about something, too, that I I actually kind of wanted to ask you and get your opinion on uh, because uh, we we have seen the pendulum swing uh, towards AEW and AEW grabbing the great talent that, that, so rightfully deserves to be seen uh, by yes. the, the wrestling audience. Um, yes. But when is too much too much? You know, and we, we, we talk about right. it a lot. We've talked about We talked about it for the past two years already. As far as, right. you know, is AEW the next WCW and as far as acquiring all this talent? And, and I think me and you actually had this discussion as well. What about the 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 OGs of AEW as far as like the people that you know weren't necessarily great but they were there they they're the ones that said hey we'll take a chance here yes no one else is picking us up but you know yeah we'll still take a chance at, at, at you know with helping you start your company I, I kind of feel as if AEW is kind of evolving into an actual wrestling business and not so much like uh not not so much as uh not not so much a new company anymore it, it, you know uh like we're going to take this unknown talent 
and really make them make them something, which is, has been the case for a few. A select few ha- have have been, you know, uh, outliers. But you, you think about guys yeah. that have that helped start off. Uh, you know, the first one that comes to mind, which we haven't seen in a long time, is Marco Stunt. Granted, he wasn't wrestling a lot of matches, but he was kind of built up like he was going to be wrestling matches, and he hasn't done that. Um, and there's other there's other uh, like tag team duos, especially with Matt Hardy's brand. You don't really see a lot of that anymore from them. Uh, in you'll see it here and there, but not as much as you know. Let's say uh, a CM Punk, uh, uh, if hell even a Christian Cage gets more action than them. Do you think that AEW is kind of pushing aside the the dead weight of the OGs and just making room for the you know quote unquote good talent? Oh, that's an excellent question. Um, I think, I think, uh, I think Tony Khan has been very, very smart with his uh, long-term booking. The 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 way the television is laid out, um, you know, beat by beat, minute by minute, uh, they take you on a fantastic ride, yeah. and uh, they utilize the talents that are on TV exceptionally well. That having been said, uh, yes, I do. I think that there are a number of talents. I think we're only just now starting to hear. Um, I'm going back to the pre-show on Full Gear. Uh, was it Max Caster's rap when he was on the way down to the ring to uh, confront Dante, making some crack that, you know, the Hardy family, no, not the Hardy family office, or was it? No, I'm sorry, Team Taz gets on television less than they do. Yeah. Now that this is becoming, it's it actually becoming like an in-character, like, you know, heel comment. Uh, I, you know, there's, what is it they say about Chekhov's gun? Like you don't acknowledge something unless there's a, you know, purpose for it being acknowledged. Uh-huh. There is a, uh, uh, it's, it's proof positive that, yeah, there is definitely, um, some discontent, I think with some of the names. Um, I, I've seen people, you know, despite how vocal he and his, and his, uh, other half have been, on social media, I've seen people make mention that Brian Cage has been such a victim of, you know, the the influx of names, the uh, the divisiveness between giving the the maximizing the minutes for a CM Punk, a Brian Danielson, and Adam Cole, while still keeping, you know, MJF, Wardlow, uh, Darby Allen, these names exposed and and prominent, you know, for that fan that that really came aboard because of them and and didn't want you know this influx of wwe guys i think eddie kingston's promo with uh that confrontation with cm punk a few weeks back before their before the full gear match where kingston brought out the line like nobody wanted you here you know i'm the one that has the balls to say it <laughs> on some level i think there's it's to that. very true yeah everyone, yeah while everyone, I'm sure, is happy with the eyes that a CM Punk will bring to AEW, as he a has whole, to be utilized. I, I, yeah, and I don't know. I don't know that everyone thought that Punk coming in meant Punk's going to be there 52 weeks a year. Yeah. On television, you know, I think there was some expectation that Punk would be in and out. Brian Danielson would be in and out. You know, much the way Jericho has tried to, you know, structure his time in the company the way Moxley although not for the most ideal reason is doing so right now. Um, and, and, uh, there's something to be said with 
moves like allowing Christian to be impact champion and, you know, getting him on another television screen Mm -hmm. and allowing, you know, some other people to get in the mix with that opportunity. But then you look at, uh, Sean Ross sap site, fightful wrestling had an interview with Kira Hogan. Um, you know, one of the, one of the more prominent female talents that came aboard from NWA. I also not too unlike Thunder Rosa. And in the interview, she, you know, sheepishly admitted, yeah, I do feel a little bit lost in the shuffle right now as an AEW contracted performer. And that's, you know, all, all it takes is one pebble in the, in the pond. And I think at some point that pond is going to become a much bigger, is going to have a much bigger ripple yeah. in it. And that you will see, you know, uh, your Angelico and Jack Evans or, uh, um, J- you know, J- or whoever, whoever it is, will start to kind of like, You'll you'll start to hear kind of a discontent a little bit where it's you know it's like man I'm I'm making good money and I'm you know I'm getting time off but you know isn't this what everybody was complaining about WWE about yeah and and it will start to kind of materialize and even um, from a fan perspective a little bit with all of these releases I, I was just reading um, not to get ahead of the topic but uh, to reading about you know oh like so many AEW fans want to see. You know, let's go to the last rush of, of releases. Keith Lee come aboard, or Biff Busick, yep. or shiny you know, new ball uh, syndrome. Whomever, you know, yeah, and there, uh, and when you know someone raises that point to say, um, you know, oh, like you know, how what how full is too full? You know, the fans, and and this isn't one comment; it's it's hundreds of comments I've seen where they're saying, oh, well, you know, to bring in Keith Lee. You just, you know, jettison a Joey Janela, a Peter Avalon, or like, and you know, the Hybrid Two or whatever, you know, Bladen Butcher. All, already, you can see, like, you know, fans are kind of already to say, you know, like, push, push this old toy aside. Let's give me this new one. And I, I, I think that's a big part of what's wrong with, you know, the business as a as a whole right now, and even thinking, you know, that's, that's, I don't want to say like the WWE hive mind a little bit, you know, in that, um, you know, while this, you know, this person's not a star, get rid of them. You know, like it, 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 like when you, when you break it down to, you know, creative and, you know, position on the card, like the, like we said a few uh, weeks ago when we recorded seeing what Brian Danielson can do in AEW has really, has opened the eyes of many people who love Daniel Bryan, but didn't know like, Oh wow. Look at what, you know, I didn't know Danielson could do moves like this. I didn't know he could be violent. I didn't Mm -hmm. know he could be like, it it, didn't know he could really wrestle. Yeah. You don't realize what a, you know, all of the companies, AEW and WWE are as at their core right now, a television product. And as such, um, it's produced in such a way to hit time cues it's hit in such a way, perfect example, kind of um, backtracking a little bit. I got to be, uh, you know, as you guys have heard previously, I got to be really good friends with uh, uh, Bill Anderson, you know, a prominent trainer here in Southern California. Mm-hmm. He's no now no longer doing it, um, but was a man responsible for, you know, you know, luminaries like Sting, Ultimate Warrior, Angel of Death, Louis Spicoli, some prominent names in, in the industry. And um, he was... I'll just say at the time he was responsible for uh, an independent wrestler whose name, you know, I, if I said it would be 
immediately recognizable, and it's someone we've talked about on this very podcast about why has this individual never gotten that television WWE run? And they, you know, they've been on television, they've they've done jobs on TV, you know, for WWE, and have worked for every other company. And without saying the name, are in AEW now, you know, hint hint. And um, the he confided in me years ago that the reason that individual never got the WWE contract, you know, that, that everyone thought was a slam dunk for this individual was on one, on more than one of the tryouts that the individual had, he didn't hit the time cues that were expected of him Wow! For, in, in the tryout. And so like that right there tells you, you know, like that it, the, the talents that we're seeing on screen, we're not, we're not seeing the best of them on television every week. Like, you know, like we hope to, or would like to, or, you know, people wonder why Ricochet's wrestling different on Raw than he did in NXT. Mm-hmm. There, there is a difference. Like everything is is produced and and micromanaged in such a way that like we're not getting the best of these individuals. Right. And much the same way, I think in AEW, you know, right now, um, you know, when you're you're taping three hours or four hours of Rampage and Dynamite, and then throwing on like some dark matches or, or, uh, elevation matches, you know, at some point the, you know, those guys aren't getting the opportunity to go like they can go. They're getting the opportunity where it's like, okay, you've got three minutes, kid go. And, 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 and many of the same problems will inevitably and invariably come up where it's like, Oh, you know, like I'm not getting my shot. Like you get the Brian cages saying like, where's my opportunity? Where's my, like, you know, where's my push? Like, you yeah, know, everybody's and, all and, jazzed. And, and, and just a quick side note from that. And someone yeah. like Brian Cage should be at the top tier level, not, you know, feuding with his. I mean, I get it. Like, you have to have a buildup. I understand that 100%, you know, have a buildup, you know, to, to turn face. But then just to drop the ball after that and not want to do anything. I'm not sure, you know, if you needed time off or whatever. Uh, we're just assuming that, you know, they did drop the ball. It's like, that guy is top tier talent. Like, ask anybody. You know, ask anybody. Inside and outside of the ring, there's majority of good things to say about Brian Cage. Uh, you know, it loves the business. You know, and and just something. But yeah, I mean, I, I guess you're right. You're seeing it. You're seeing it firsthand as far as you know, uh, expressing his you know his disappointment for maybe where he he think his his career should be. And opposed to just being happy that he has a job and then he is getting some some remnants of the limelight. But I, I digress on that. No, it's it. But you're absolutely right. I think the the creative fulfillment um, is a big part of how AEW has been able to keep the stable of talent that they have right now uh, happy and content and productive and mm-hmm. wanting to, you know, and and um Complacent isn't the word, but the um, willing to, to play their part, willing to kind of be, you know what, I'm sorry, you're going to be, you know, third from the top, you know, in the in a tag match with, you know, Andrade and Alistair against, or Malachi, excuse me, against <laughs> Cody and Pac, but, you know, like, you're going to be, you know, third from the top in a tag match and everything, but, you know, it's, it's and not have, you know, maybe not have uh, the most heat that we'd like to going into this, but everybody's, you know, everyone's content. They're, you know, they're, they're productive. They're busting their ass and they're making the most of the opportunity. 
you know, even though you're already starting to hear the murmuring, you know, even from people in my life I'm close to, that's like, oh, I guess AEW can't use Malachi any better than WWE did. And so, like, that, so you already, you know, you, you question whether or not that's the, you know, 2021, you know, if that's the, the quote-unquote attention span, the viewer attention span, yeah. where it's like they want it right now, right now, right now, instead of, you know, we're given an opportunity because, you know, Miro didn't come in, you know, blowing people away, you know, <laughs> yeah. in main events. Hell, Hangman either, didn't do it now. either. I think Hangman's a perfect example yeah. of that. I mean, it took two yeah. years. I mean, we all knew from the get-go that man was meant to be the face of AEW. And and, and the, yeah. the, the payoff, uh, you know, finally came to a close or, the you know, of him being the champion after the in- yep. from the inception, two years uh, almost, you know, uh, well, yeah, actually, yeah, two years uh, from, from AEW, uh, uh, you know, starting off. Um, yeah, yeah, but anyway, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I, that's, I, that's all I was going to, to, you know, share on that part. Like, I'm very, I, very happy to see, you know, the fans get the payoff, you know, invest in a storyline mm-hmm. long-term and allow Hangman to right. get his moment. Uh, I, you know, very quickly, you know, going back to, to full gear, I wish the, the Minneapolis crowd was far more up. What is that up moment with that? Yeah, that I, was I, it was so, so unenergetic. I mean, for the pops, yeah. they were there, you know, and, and and some of the cool spots. You got the this is awesome chance, the holy shit chance every now and then. But it was just very lackluster. And, and I, I didn't feel as involved. I, I it almost felt like you were watching like the first match of a New Japan match. I mean, I mean it, it was it was just very dead and dull. It was. Yeah. Like I. I, you know, obviously coming out of it, you know, the news has come out so prominently that how hurt Kenny truly has been, you know, these past few, yeah. you know, few number of months, possibly years, how badly he's been hurting with, I read vertigo uh, to some degree, wow. you know, a number of surgeries were now, um, it just came out. I saw earlier on that um Triple A was notified that he's out of the December Triple Mania pay-per-view. So, Man. unfortunately, the the long-awaited Kenny Omega versus Vikingo uh, match is postponed. Hopefully, postponed for uh, you know only a short amount of time. But with the number of injuries and number of surgeries, it sounds like Kenny needs. Who knows what the prognosis for a return to the ring for him really looks like as a timetable. You know, like the he's more than earned some time off. He's more than earned a respite, and you know, and bless his heart for getting it. Yeah. Um, because you know, like it's still, I think the the dream matches that everyone want and and are kind of fantasy booking in their own mind. I I think with a you know Kenny away for the time being, there won't be that automatic clamoring for Kenny Omega versus you know the Adam Cole, CM Punks, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera, et cetera. Right now, if you kind of take him off screen a little bit and allow some other, you know, some change up at the top of the card and, you know, put some some different people in a prominent position as well. And it'll, you know, like I said, allow him to come back fresher and, you know, possibly a baby face turn by the time he's ready to be back. So it would be interesting to see, you know, what what story arc his character goes on. But absolutely. um, but yeah, like yeah, like you said, tons happening in the business. Yeah, I, I, yeah, definitely. Uh, the last question I, I do want to pose to you, 
uh, before we move on to the 80 freaking releases of uh, WWE in, in 2021 with uh, a month and a half to, still to go. Um, right. AEW, do you think, as far as, you know, storylines being, you know, dropped and, you know, uh, just not really having that fulfillment of a complete, you know, incoherent storyline with anyone who's having anything going on with each other. Do you think AEW needs to tighten the belt a little bit and have a little bit more structure when it comes to that? That way they could see things through from cradle to grave. I definitely, I would like to see that. Yeah. I, I, I wonder, and it's so interesting in that, you know, it feels like what happens backstage at WWE is such an open book to, you know, to, to, you know, smart fans, um, where it seems like so much of the decision-making or why things happen and, or how it happens or what the hierarchy is of certain decisions is so forthcoming where AEW's, uh, for being such a, a fan involved program company doing so much of what they do, uh, you know, so publicly and, Tony Khan has been accessible. Like I saw, he was on busted open radio earlier on again um, for such an accessible company. I feel like there is still a lot of question marks on creatively, like who's doing what in, in the company. Like I still feel like, you know, okay, Tony's a final word, but what is, what exactly, what role are the EVPs playing? And because of that, like, I think it does, it translates to a lot of like, well, Cody's doing his thing over here and the Bucks have kind of a tag division. You know, it seems like they're booking this part, you know, with the, you know, FTR and Lucha Brothers and these right. other things. And then, um, you know, you have like the, you know, whatever, um, if Kenny's still involved in booking like the women's side of it, like it, it's very, there are, there are moments of the show that do feel disjointed. You know, I read, um, reports from the Jim Cornette podcast where he, you know, even though he's come around from what I understand a lot more on AEW and he was, you know, I felt yeah. like right out the gate, everything you read is he was just blasting it, you know, from day one. Uh, it seems like his, his criticisms are fewer and far between now and that he's appreciating the improvements, but that's one of the things when he does offer, uh, you know, criticism beyond just the, you know, young buck spot monkey, you know, Kenny Omega fought a little girl in a blow up doll criticism that come out of his mouth. <laughs> it, it has been very much like the, you know, where is this going? Like why, you know, like to your point, why, you know, what is the Hardy family office? What is their purpose? Why does yeah. Matt need three tag teams exactly. in his group? Like what, you know, like there's so many things. And so, Yes, I wholeheartedly agree with you, and I think, um, you know, I think Brian, while while not meaning to do it, has kind of unintentionally kind of buried that aspect of their of the way they do things. In that, um, on one of his promos leading up to uh, leading up to, I think the first uh, match with Kenny, the the match with Kenny, when they sent him out there, and and he, you know, was given an opportunity to do a promo he was kind of expecting the like, okay, what am I talking about? And they were just like, go out and say what you want. And I think on one hand, that much freedom, you know, because wrestlers are artists at the end yeah. of the day, you know, they want that freedom to basically paint their picture and tell their story on some level though. It's cut like they, 
you have to still like draw a line between yeah um, because it's a it's a collaboration it's not like you're doing a solo piece if you're doing a solo piece hey have at it do do your own thing we get that you know, but now, now there's there's the collaboration because then there's a joint interest to tell the best story possible. You know, I'm not big yeah. on 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 calling your spots in the back as far as like yeah. you know going through the whole match, but I get that too. It has its time and its place, and you know you discuss and the finisher, yeah. but whatever. But more more importantly, you know, it's like, hey, what's the what's the end goal here? If we know the end goal. Yeah. Let's build up to what's going to happen here, you know, and how do we do that in the best way possible point very well point here uh, for an example is uh, tonight on Rampage got got awful matchup though with QT Marshall and CM Punk. Um, uh, CM- I haven't seen it, but okay. oh my God, I even before I left work, even before I left work, though. I was already seeing like the Twitter mentions and the Reddit comments. It's I haven't even seen this thing yet, but no, like that's I already the noise is coming down about whatever happened. Tell me, like yeah, I've, I'll you know watch it when I can, but I'm interested to hear what you thought. Well, I mean, one, it's so I, I haven't heard any kind of controversy controversy regarding it, but I mean, it is an interesting matchup just to kind of go out of, out of left field. Uh, I mean, I get it. Sure. QT Marshall hasn't really been on TV since losing. Uh, that god awful storyline again. To, it, it was a bad storyline. I, I didn't understand it. I really didn't. And then you know you have uh, Paul White just vanishing afterwards, not even like mentioning the match. You know, and kind of recapping how they usually do at the fo- at the following uh, you know TV taping. Um, but I w- what I was going to point out is that the fact that CM Punk went out there, and, he, and we all know how CM Punk feels about scripts, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the way he delivered it was the fact that, hey, you're coming to my hometown. Hey, I'm going to kick your ass. You better come back. You better come become ready to fight on, on you know, on this date on Wednesday in Chicago, Illinois for AEW Dynamite. Like the the you know, he is very well conditioned on the sticks. You know, like he he is going to tell you why you need to watch it, how you're going to watch it and where it's going to be. You know, and now you have a joint interest, and now this—I'm sorry, like it—it's just QT Marshall isn't over with the fans. He's just not. That—that's that's just kind of the general consensus of, of what it is. I'm not saying he's a bad guy or a bad wrestler. I'm just saying, for his gimmick, it's—it's it's not over. But now I have some sort of interest because CM Punk made it interesting. You know what I mean? Just by the sake of his promo. And I, I think a lot of guys are missing that. And to go back to what, uh, you know, you brought up Jim Cornette, and, and I, I do want to mention something that he said on the show uh, recently. As far as a lot of these guys, a lot of these newbies that are coming up uh, from the Indies to AEW from the original, you know, from the original uh, roster, they had never been on TV before. And he was going right. on about how, you know, when you know when people were in in like in de- developmentals. They weren't on TV except in their local area. That way, they got used to right. it and learned how to work the hard cam. You know, learn you know yeah. what works, what doesn't work. That way, when they get to the bigger stage, they know what to do. And I feel like yeah. it, 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 you want to you want to give them you know the baton and let let them run their own race. But you're gonna hurt yourself in the long run because they don't know how to run yet. 
you know, you got to show them how to run, you know, and and that way when you do release them, it it makes sense. And you can see that if you watch the promo between QT Marshall and CM Punk, when you want, when you do watch Rampage, you'll understand what I'm talking about. It's two different, you know, leagues that we're, we're, we're discussing here. And, and, Honestly, thank God for CM Punk for saving it and making me want to watch a QT Marshall match. Again, no offense to QT Marshall if for whatever happens uh, and some someone someone listens to this that knows him. Um, but I, I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I'm just saying it, it is what it is. True. But uh, I digress. You digress. Uh, that's all we had to say about AEW. But we're gonna move on uh, to the main, the main uh, meat and potatoes here. Uh, so yes, over the past year of 2021, it has. I, I think this is the big, the most WWE has released ever. I, I, I can't remember the last time 80 people were released in a single year. Um, and this, I mean, this is coming up. Uh, I think what November, just two days ago, right? The the latest releases. Yeah. So the latest yeah, releases that we had were John Morrison, Top Dollar, uh, Ashante Adonis, uh, as Isaiah Swerve Scott, which eliminates um, Hit Row all, all together. Yep. Which yep. They, they were on TV for what three weeks? Uh, Tegan, I yeah, Tegan yeah. Knox, Drake Maverick. Shane Thorne and Jackson Riker. Um, you know what? I- I'm gonna say my piece on this, and then I'm gonna let you have it, Millman. Um, it's it's so. Look, at the end of the day, WWE is a business, and whatever they whatever they feel they need to do, that's on they, that we we can't fault them for that, but we can have criticism. Um, right. You know, we we don't run that business. We don't know why they were doing it. Um, there was one that did rub me the wrong way. Granted, if you like her or not, Nia, uh, Nia Jax was on, um, was on leave to help, you know, to, to, to have some, some time to recoup. And, and while she struggled with mental illness, being told she was fine and then, and then being released like shortly after, uh, when she asked for an extension, um, if that's the case, that is really shitty, you know? Um, I just be, I, I think if you're going to do these releases, be as transparent as possible. Um, honestly, I think you have more to say on this and I, I might chime in with you. So I'm going to just pass it over to you, mailman. I know there was some Twitter action here and I'm excited yeah. to hear it. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Where do I begin? <laughs> So, uh, given this so much thought over the last few days, Mm -hmm. uh, the hours at work, even today, my, my mind's been running, uh, like a machine, just about (laughs) all the emotions that this has brought up. And, uh, and it's silly to many on the surface, you know, these eight releases, well, you know, to, to, to most wrestling fans, to, to all wrestling fans, you know, they're, you know, some talented people, some, you know, uh, young, hungry stars, some people that maybe didn't get their shot, maybe, you know, didn't handle the spotlight the way they, they probably should have in a mm-hmm. couple of cases, you know, but, but it's far more complicated for me than just that, that aspect, 
you're absolutely right in that, like you said, it is a, it's a business, you know, we don't know the circumstances behind, you know, some of the decisions there could be, you know, could be, uh, circumstances beyond our understanding that led to the departures that occurred this week, um, or even, you know, previously for me, however, it goes, it goes a step beyond that. And it's funny. Um, it's not funny. That's the, the incorrect word. It's interesting that you make mention of, of Nia Jack's circumstances because in many ways uh, there, I can draw a parallel for me personally. Um, I go back to becoming a wrestling fan, you know, 36, 37 years ago. And when I first found WWE and, and what it represented and, I, I fell in love with it then, and it's been it's been uh, it's been a consistent in my life, you know, for yeah. all of these years. My fandom has evolved through the years; it's changed. And as I as I watched more and more wrestling, I came to still appreciate WWE for what it is, even as a kid. When I found things like NWA and World Class and Bill Watts UWF, you know, in 1987. I saw a different side of this thing that I loved that as I watched it more and more, I, I yearned and, uh, and appreciated what I was watching, but at the same time wondered, you know, gee, this, this stuff's really athletic. I sure wish, you know, WWE would give me more of this or then WWF would give me more of this, like, you know, more Bret Hart and dynamite kid. Give me more of Randy Macho Man Savage, like these guys, Ricky, the dragon steamboat. And, you know, fast forward to now we're in the 2000s, we're in, you know, the 2020s and the world in many ways, the wrestling fan of 2020 now has an appreciation for and a heightened interest in work rate. Yeah. And, you know, it's so interesting to me that now, you know, uh, uh, wrestling fandom has evolved beyond just appreciating the spectacle, the storyline, you know, the larger than life characters, it's about, you know, the five-star matches and it's about, you know, who, uh, you know, who really, you know, tore the, you know, tore the house down and, and got the best reaction and who are the sheets talking about. And so, um, in, in that same way that I, you know, looked at NWA and AWA and world-class, like I said, now the fan in 2000, 2010, 2020, wants that same thing out of this out of this thing that I love so much and you know wants it to evolve in much the same way the rest of the business has evolved and and you know feature you know it's no longer Hollywood's not featuring the Arnold Schwarzeneggers and Sylvester Stallone's on top anymore it's Seth Rogen it's Paul Rudd it's you know Robert Downey (laughs) Jr. yeah you know it's it's, you know, charismatic guys, you know, who look like John Q. Public and who are, you know, entertaining to watch and funny and have dimension to them. And in many ways, you know, wrestling is, is slow to kind of find that curve, I suppose. So kind of to ca- encapsulate a little bit, because I'm, I'm, I'm just a flood of emotions right now. When you mention about what Nia Jax is going through in much the same way, you know, if I bear my soul a little bit the last year has been very difficult for me. Like I too, I struggle with anxiety. I struggle with, you know, uh, panic disorder. I struggle with those things. And when it, 
when it is at its absolute worst, wrestling has been and, and is now my escape. Uh-huh. When, when I struggle to find a doorway for those things, when I struggle to find that respite, that peace, the ability to put my head down and sleep, wrestling is my escape from the, that voice, those voices in my head that, you know, make me stressed and make me anxious and make me, you know, uh, uh, put me in a bad place. And when I'm in a bad place, one of the things that, that I've learned to do, one of the things that has helped me as an escape, and this is, is I am bearing myself, you know, to, to you tank and the listeners and everyone, this is, this is a side of me that only, you know, my wife, maybe my brothers have ever known about me when I'm, when I'm in that place, to get my head out of that, out of that dark hole that I'm in, I make lists and it can be of any kind. It can be, you know, uh, things I need to get done. It can be, you know, favorite movies. It can be, you know, comic books I want to go back and read. But in the last few years, it's become as I became to appreciate, you know, through the podcast, even like I said, on my first appearance, you guys made me appreciate what the industry is and not what it could be. And so I started to look at, you know, the WWE roster that they had amassed and started to kind of fantasy book it a little bit and uh-huh. take, you know, take some of the names that they had amassed and, you know, which included the Keith Lees, included the Andrade Almases, included the John Morrisons, and really look at, like, on paper, like, wow, look at this collection of talent. Like, look at what could, <laughs> again, like, you know, not going into the, the viewpoint of re- what wrestling could be, but what it is, look at what is it, look at what's in place. And you can see like with the, the advent of NXT, that there was a mindset to give the WWE fan that experience, that work rate driven, um, uh, incredible matches, you know, characters that were bigger than beyond, like, are they six, five and are they 270 pounds? And are they, you know, uh, uh, you know, do they all look the same? You know, like they came out of some factory, you know, like the FCW was there for a while. It became like it, like it became like like for for many people, what the the MCU is for comic book fans is like the Hollywood doing right by this property that we love and have loved for so long, and treating it with respect and attention and detail, and not not treating the audience like they're idiots. And as WWE amassed this incredible roster of talent that like I would get excited for the future because what AEW is now is what I wanted WWE WWE to be for the last 20 years or so, you know, and that it's, you know, exciting talents, you know, with an opportunity to move up the card and it's not about how big you are. And it's not about how like, you know, the, the, how you look in an eight by 10, it's about how much do you love this business? How hard do you work at it? And the fans will appreciate it. And like the CM Punks, like Daniel Bryan's, it will mean something. And the next generation will look at them and say like, oh, he's only 5'10", and look, he's the biggest star on the planet. I can do this too. And so the last year, as I have watched WWE cast aside the Andrade Almases, the Keith Lees, the Buddy Murphys, Biff Music, John Morrison, Swerve Scott, all of these names that I was so excited to see them obtain and say, like, we're not, we're not this antiquated, um, uh, 
backwards evolving company anymore. Like we are looking to what this industry has evolved in into in 2021 and we're moving forward and we're committed to this and we're going to make it work. And in the last couple of years, seeing, seeing the, the, the Alistair blacks come up to the main roster and just get stuck in a closet and, and <laughs> the, the, the company doing everything they could to embarrass, you know, like, you know, to, to expose, you know, the weaknesses of a ricochet instead of like heighten what they're good at or, you know, uh, uh, Bobby Roode becoming a non-factor or Apollo Crews putting on a fake, like almost offensive accent. Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, uh, like the, the, like I became, I became hurt. It, it hurt me to see this thing. I love disregard people who love this industry and, and who have busted their ass for it, get cast aside. Like, you know, like, like almost like it was intentionally done to, to undermine and ruin, you know, the, the marketability and the, the equity that the company has invested through NXT, through the time that, that was spent training these guys. And just like you said, getting them ready for the hard cam, getting them ready for like, oh, you know, we set the ramp up in NXT so it's identical to the ramp in on Raw or the ramp on SmackDown. So you'll know, okay, I have this long, my entrance needs to be this long, and my uh, I need to be ready for this camera and this camera. There was an intention and a and a desire and a um and a a a intent to get these guys outfitted and ready for the main roster production. And it was like everyone that went up, uh, the Viking Raiders went from being Rowan Hansen, who the fans recognized, did you have an entire 20,000 arena chanting war, war, war with the hand, the hand gesture. And then they go up and now they're like part, like a cartoon, completely different names. They can't decide on what the tag team name is. (laughs) It's, it's, it's so disjointed. And then to see like the guys who, who like, I want to see succeed. Like I want to see a a Biff Busick and Oni Lorcan, whatever name you want to go by. I want to see that dude get pushed because I've been with the, I've been in with him from the journey from, you know, 200 people in a, in a, you know, uh, goodness, a, a veterans hall, you know, in Reseda, California to now seeing the guy on, on worldwide television, making a million dollars. Like I've, I'm, I've been with him for the ride. I'm invested. I want this guy to get what's, what's coming to him. Cause it's like, it's the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And for me, the, the love of WWE goes back to my dad. My dad, like, who worked... Oh, God, I'm getting emotional. My dad worked six days a week busting his ass to put a roof over my head and my brother's heads to, to you know... And he had to do that sixth day because that sixth day was time and a half and it meant a ton more money for to put food on the table, to put, you know, the toys that we wanted underneath the tree for Christmas, to, you know, whatever it took for this man who busted his ass six days a week to then take me, you know, his, his, you know, his, his, you know, awkward, anxious son to his first, you know, WWE event in 1986 at the Anaheim, you know, convention center when this man's already working, you know, would get up at five o'clock in the morning to go to work. And the little bit of time off that he has that he took me 
live so I could see, you know, Andre the Giant in person when the machines were going to wrestle at the Anaheim Convention Center. Like, like I love wrestling, but I have been in love with the WWE since 1986 because of that. Who my dad's sacrifice, taking me to that, sharing that with him is one of the fondest memories I have of my dad, who is a, a saint, a mythological figure to, to my brothers and I. And, and he is a, he is a man that I could never hope to even measure up to, but he gave me that. And yeah. that is right or wrong. I will, I will love the company on some level from, from day one. Absolutely. But yeah. Now, but now in, in 2021, you know, you love something, you're willing to see it, see it for its, you're willing to see the best in it, or you try your best to see the best in it, even though it doesn't always deserve it. And you swallow it. And you swallow when you hear everybody say like, oh, you know, they really shouldn't be doing this deal with Saudi Arabia because look at what a, you know, look at what a despicable, look at what despicable things this this nation has done to, you know, uh, opposing nations' viewpoints and things and how archaic their viewpoints are towards, you know, the, the, you know, people and their citizens and everything. And you try to like look past it and say, well, you know, like, I'm sure the WWE will do good things with the money. And you, you try to look past the, um, the stories here, like what happens to a Nia Jax or, you know, sending CM Punk, the, his fire, the letter that he's fired on his wedding day. You try to look past those things and say like, you know, it, I, I'm sure it was just an accident. I'm sure it was an oversight. You know, they didn't mean to send Mickey James stuff in a trash bag. You know, like you try to defend this company. And I said it, I said it, in the Twitter, in the Twitter uh, comment that I alluded to earlier on in our chat session, in response to Taya Valkyrie, John Morrison's wife's comments on Twitter, I, I said this because it was what immediately jumped to mind. I thought of Dusty Rhodes' promo. Well, 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 well before you get into that, before you get into yeah. that, let, let me read that for you. Um, so, so Taya Valkyrie sent out a tweet. Um, it says, "Stop supporting a company that has zero respect for their talent." You love pro wrestling, spend your money on the hundreds uh, of other alternatives. Uh, this is wrong. Ethically, as employers, they don't care about us, talent or fans. Go ahead. Right. And that, that honestly, like I, I made the comment on Twitter and I, and I reposted it. to. There was a comment. Someone, uh, someone uh, shared her tweet on Reddit, and I put the comment there as well. That I that I hope that her words spread like wildfire because the only thing, the only thing that this company will will understand is silence. Yeah. Like the fans, the all of the hoping, all of the 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 love that we have given this, the that promo that I said Dusty Rhodes gave to his son Dustin, you know, in that angle when when uh, the the Funkhouse Funk and Terry Funk and Arn Anderson turned on him. I said, you gave them, he, he said in that promo, you gave them your heart, you gave them your heart, and they repaid you with scorn. And that is what WWE has done to its audience for 20 plus fucking years now. Like, they have done nothing but repay us with scorn. Like, oh, you like Zack Ryder, huh? Like, oh, you know, got over on the internet? How can I, how can we embarrass him and make him like a non-entity? Yeah. Just, just for, how dare he get over without our help? Exactly. Like, it, it, this monolith that has that it only exists, you know, at the level of success it has because of you, me, millions of other people that have bought the T-shirts, bought the video games, bought the tickets to see the shows. It spits in our face every single week, and 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 
the because of habit, so many of us go back to that well and will will and they make money right now in spite of themselves. I read a quote. This this uh, this horrified me when I read this. Find this really quick. But the excuse. You, you remember what the excuse was for why all these result, why all these uh, um, releases happened? Did you read? Did you read why they said these releases happened? Well, I, I, I vaguely remember the saying, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, that some people were were not vaccinated. Right. Oh, yeah. That. I mean, that too for some of the past ones. But this most recent round, or this, it was either this most recent round or the round beforehand, was, uh, uh, I want to say, was it uh, budget cuts? Is that what they were trying to, to yeah, put this on? Yeah, yeah. That's um, uh, uh, the, the, the quote that I had just read earlier on today, um, you know, coming off of that statement, says, and I quote, um, WWE is now raising its adjusted OIBDA, which stands for operating income before depreciation and amortization uh, projection for full year 2021 from 270 million to 305 to 315 million with the return to touring. You know, WWE is on track according, uh, according to, to media projections or to, to market projections is on, is on track to net 1.1 billion this year with Holy with uh, inflation with it, inflation taken into account will be a record record year of profits in the history of the company. Oh wow! This this these sons of bitches put all of these people, 80 people. You said 80 people on the street, and now and and what does that say? Never mind what that says to the talent you have inside the company about like how secure are our jobs, how secure is our future with all of these individuals now like flooding the market and, and out in the independence on the NWA power shows on the major league wrestling shows on impact on whatever form ring of honor takes now, you know, without contracted talent with all of those people and the top dollars and the tie of Valkyries and the John Morrison's everyone who has the sickening taste in their mouth. What does that in turn do to that next prop that will be coming up in those ranks that will be trying to make their name and want to like build a career or build uh, uh, some experience? What will they think when those individuals, when those those disgruntled individuals are in those same locker rooms and be like, "Hey, kid, you don't want to, you don't forget your dream about going to have that WrestleMania moment. You don't want any part of that." Let me tell you why. Like they have poisoned the water supply. To their own to their own company. Yeah. Never mind that they're not looking for quote unquote independent guys quote unquote anymore like or whatever that edict like <laughs> you know let's see how long that shit lasts for no shit. you know but and 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 give that its own time. But the idea that that they would rather bring in like these collegiate athletes and hell, and hell God bless the Gable Stevensons of the world who seems like a genuine fan if he commits to this you know what like phenomenal he's going to be a megastar for them like he's got the charisma the athletic gifts fantastic but what does that say to you when when so many of the the names in the past that flamed out in fcw that didn't go to like that didn't go to uh, like oh how can i work hard to get into aew how can i work hard to get into impact just walked away from the business entirely they had no love for this they didn't have the passion to like 
do this, not when, you know, forget getting paid, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars when you're working at the PC. How about those times when it's like you're on, you're, you know, working six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven days on the road in Europe. You haven't seen your family. You're in probably some less than stellar hotel room. You're crammed 16 to a bus. You're whatever it is. Like those moments happen in this industry. You've lived it firsthand. I'm sure yeah. you've known multiple people firsthand who've lived it. I'm sure like, those moments, like those moments are a reality in this business, but they happen. And the reason that there is a business is because people will endure that because of the love they have for it. And the knowledge that like, I'm going to pay my dues, like that, that phrase of paying your dues, because there is a tomorrow for me. If I stick with this cream will rise, but this, the, the, the NFL of our, of our, of our, of our passion, of our, you know, of, of, one of the biggest things outside of, you know, my, my own family, my own flesh and blood, the thing that I love most in the world, the NFL of, of our, of our nucleus, if you will, I guess is, is openly saying like, you know, like if you do this, if you came up this way, you're not good enough unless you fit a certain profile, unless you look a certain way, you're only, you're only this age, you're only this tall, you're only, you only weigh this much. That's, that's, that sounds like something Hitler came up with. Like it I don't understand You're right. like the, You're right. the mindset. That I don't understand. And there's a footage. There's footage out there today of Vince and Nick Khan walking like the the construction site of their new offices. Like oh, you know what? Like you know with uh, you know a number of office people trailing. And I think in the video you can see Hunter is like six six people back or whatever. And even Hunter doesn't look like himself coming off of the heart, you know, the heart episode, like he, he's smaller and he, he looks, you know, you can almost see him briefly in the video. He looks a little downtrodden. Like, yeah. and this is another guy who loves this. And, and you look at everything he had tried to build his own legacy that he tried to put in place with NXT. Like that is what this company is doing. The only thing that will get through to these heartless money grubbing sons of bitches is absence. Like I hope to God, if there is, if this podcast reaches one other soul, and that and those people opt not to tune in to Raw or SmackDown or NXT this week, opt not to, to spend their money on the network anymore or on Peacock anymore, not to watch Survivor Series, that and only that is what's finally going to grab that 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 fucking disgusting bag of skin, Vince McMahon. Like that's the only thing that's going to grab him by the, his infamous grapefruits and get his get his worthless ass you know ADHD attention for five seconds because he doesn't he he doesn't give a shit about you me you know Adam Tanner Jimothy Doctor D any of us Joshua not not a buck not a damn one of us you know like he just looks at what rolls in come Monday morning what rolls in on the stock market and he goes and cashes his check. And freaking, you know, eats his damn protein bar, does three thousand push-ups or some shit, and then like, you know, hopefully his heart explodes. Oh man, you're absolutely right. And one thing that that I'm getting from this too, you see a lot of the vets, man, and and I believed him for a while too, and I was like, yeah, yeah, you know what? They're right. You know, people, you know, these these new guys are scared or they're scared to take chances. It's like. Fuck yeah, they're scared to take chances. Look what's happening now. I was a very yeah. firm believer, and you, you hear it from Cena, you hear it from Taker, 
It's like you just got to go out there and, and grab the proverbial uh, brass ring. It's out for the tanking. You can't be scared to make mistakes. You can't be scared to get fired. It's like, well, that's easy for you to say when you have enough food to put, you know, to, to provide enough money to provide for your family and put, you know, food on the table. And it's like these, yep. I mean, these, they're not the greatest contracts. You know, and it's, right. you're not you're not factoring in travel costs. You're not factoring in hotel costs. You know, um, you know they're they're not making that much. They're making good money, but they're you know at at the end of it, they're not making that much. You know, and especially if you're you're you know, uh, you have your significant other at home watching your kids, etc. Um, and then you don't know what's going to happen next. I mean, thankfully. And this kind of ties in, ties back in with, with what we're talking about at the beginning of the show, is that you know thankfully there are other options now. They might not pay as much, but there are other options. But now you have to worry about holy shit, these other options are filling up too. And it's like it's kind of like you're at the end of it. You 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 gotta you you kind of have you're kind of being forced to play ball. And even then, you're not guaranteed that you're gonna be there. Granted, it could be said for any kind of situation, but from the track record from this year, you don't know. You have absolutely zero idea whether you're John Morrison or you're Jackson Riker or you go to someone, you know, someone like Top Dollar who was on. I mean, he he Top Dollar made that AEW show what it was. You know, he he, he was an absolutely a wonderful talent on that on on that um where they go out and find. Uh, those artifacts of, of, of previous wrestlers, oh, yeah. you know, yep. yeah. yeah. And, and it was just like, you don't even give these people a shot <laughs> and they're just letting them go. There's some, to me, there's something else brewing and I'm going to put my, uh, my tinfoil hat on. There's something else brewing. And I think Adam danger might be onto something, uh, as far as an acquisition goes and, and, and kind of make, you know, uh, gearing up for something, but, uh, but, but just tying it back, it, it's like, you have to play ball. You have no other choice if you don't know what you, where you're going to go. You don't know if you're going to get fired or, or get pushed. You know, so um, it's definitely interesting times, man. Uh, it, 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 it's, it's so frustrating. And, and I think, and it's so sad, man. It really is sad because here, a couple of things, too. One, the product hasn't been good. And, you know, and you know from previous shows... I've been holding on because I have the same kind of the same story. You know, I, there was like, I'm a musician. Like I, I was, I was, you know, I started playing drums and I played guitar and all that stuff. And I loved music, but there was nothing else in this world that I love more than professional wrestling. And it's the weirdest thing, you know, to, to not to admit, but just to realize from my life that professional wrestling is there's nothing greater than that. And of course me, I was raised with WWF, you know, that was my primary go-to. And I remember my dad putting it on when I was three or four years old and taking me to summer scissor. I think it was a 94 when it, when did Yoko wrestle, uh, Bret Hart at SummerSlam? It was in the, it was obviously in the nineties. Uh, but that year, uh, they had the Summer Sizzler tour, and I, and I saw Yokozuna take on Le- uh, Lex Luger, which was supposed to be Razor Ramon, but uh, I'm not sure what happened there. Um, but I, I, I remember telling – I'll never forget it, man, and it does get me a little emotional too. I turned to my dad, and with the big – I remember having the biggest smile, 
and then asking him, is this real life? Like, that's how, like, amazing to me it was. It's like, I couldn't believe I was seeing the wrestlers that I was watching on TV, and it was just something so important to my life. And to have to make this decision, and I was thinking about it today, too, I can't watch it anymore. I can't support this anymore. Granted, there will be cat. I mean, like, if everyone played along and did this, the boys and and the women suffered too, unfortunately. You know what I mean? Right. Like, they suffered right. too. And that sucks that it has to come to that to boycotting. Granted, it's not going to work. You know, it, it really isn't. You know, because the WWE fanboys are there for life. And, and, you know, and God bless them too, because I get it. You know, I was a big supporter this past year and a half for WWE. I even, I, I told Tanner straight in the face. I was like, I promise you, you know, something good's coming for WWE. You know, they're just kind of, you know, they're in this, you know, uh, transitional phase. It's going to be all right. It, it's going to be okay. I was 110% wrong. I, the product sucks, you know, and the 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 ethics of of them releasing people sucks even more. Yeah, I yeah. I can't get behind this. I want to watch Survivor Series. Survivor Series used to be one of my I mean top three, you know, pay per views. You know, it was Rumble, Mania, and, and Survivor Series, and 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 so and, and it sucks and it breaks my heart that that I that it has come to this where. I like I was it was a friend invited me over to watch SmackDown. I was like, I don't really don't want to watch SmackDown. Like I just don't want to do it. Like I it, it it's not yeah. fun, you know. It, it, but you're right. You're you are completely uh you know. It it that's what has to be done, and that's what it's come to, you know. And granted, are we gonna are we gonna make a dent? Hopefully, but you know, more than likely not. But we we have to start somewhere. Because it is something that we love. It is something that we want. And, and it's not because it's because we love it. We want to do this. We want to be like, hey, hey, y'all are doing it wrong. We don't like this. And that's what we ha- that's what you have to do. And it's not so much cancel yeah. culture. We'll come back. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. Yeah, I um, uh, like an annual. One of the things I look forward to, you know, as a WWE fan was always the release of the video game. You know, I'm, yeah. you know, a grown adult man that looks forward to a video game because vicariously, like, I can, you know, put the matches I want together. I can, you know, uh, you know, share it with my son. I can, yeah. you know, experience that and have fun, have fun on that side of it. And every year, like, you know, one of the novelties is like, I look forward to playing these guys that haven't come out yet. You know, the new signings every year, it's like, oh, you know, like, uh, uh, previous year it was, you know, in previous years it was AJ or Nakamura or Ricochet mm-hmm. or who, I, you know, these guys are, it's like, oh my God, I can't believe, you know, so-and-so is going to be in a, a video game now. Like, that's incredible. Finn, I get to play as Finn Balor. That's incredible. And I'm, I'm looking at these poor folks that have tried to put uh, 22 together, you know, I've been following along in YouTube, you know, some of the clips that they've released, like these poor bastards, like every time, you know, they get people scanned and, fa- and factored in, you know, like they got to, you know, it pushes it back longer because it's like, crap, now we got to go through and take Keith Lee out. Now we yep. got to take Oni Lorcan out. Now we got like, it's, you know, the, the, and even with this next year's release, it's like, who, 
who's left that's just come into the company that would be, you know, I was looking forward to playing as Swerve Scott. He's one of my favorite guys. He's, you know, he's a year, he's a year younger than Adam Cole. He's six years younger than Keith Lee. Like, this is a guy, you know, that everything you say, everything WWE says that, like, they prioritize. Like, oh, it's not just about, like, you know, it's not just about independent wrestling. We want the charisma. If you've got that, that something special in you, like, that's what we look for in a superstar. Yeah. Swerve has everything to be a main event guy in that company. Everything that you would want, you know, especially looking across the aisle and seeing like the Darby Allen, MJF, Adam Page, Sammy Guevara, you know, Ricky Starks, like all of these young guys, young hungry guys getting their time in the spotlight. Like this should be WWE's opportunity to take like Swerve Scott, Montez Ford, uh, Mustafa Ali, uh, Carmelo Hayes, like all of these guys, that are the same ages here and, and give them that opportunity. Like, here's our, our four pillars for the future. Yep. You know, sure. You want one of them to be Ron Breaker. Fine. But you know, Pete Dunn, Ilya Dragunov, like all these incredible young guys in their twenties. And it's like, what have you busted the roster down to? Like, there's nobody, you know, even for new names, you know, there's nobody that has that, like that anticipation behind them where it's like, Oh, can't wait till Tony D'Angelo makes it to the main roster. Like, no, what? what? No, what? So it's the, it's, it's, you know, and nothing against that dude. Cause he's apparently got some incredible amateur background and he's in the, the Italian characters apparently getting over in NXT 2.0. I'm going to tell you the hundred, hundred percent truth. I haven't watched NXT 2.0 in weeks. Wow. Weeks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, that was my show. That was, that was your show. Above all else, like whatever else is going on, you know, in my life, I'm going to make sure appointment viewing, I'm going to be in front of a television when it, and it's time for NXT to go on. When the whole world was already on the AEW bandwagon, I'm going to fly my NXT flag and yep, make sure, you, you know sure what, did. these guys, these are my guys. You I'm going to sure make did. sure like, you know, I'm, I'm DC when the rest of the world's Marvel. Like I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to make sure I'm planting my flag in the sand and I can't even, I, you know, other than NXT UK, I can't. Like it's not. It's I'm watching, I'm I'm watching something I love be abused, and and bastardized every week, and I it hurt me too much. Where it's just like, you know, like hearing that you know, it's likely that like Kyle O'Reilly and Gargano are going to be looking for the door. It's like, God damn it, you know what I mean? Like, can can WWE treat any great wrestlers good at all? Like is it just is it just going to literally be like AJ Styles and Seth Rollins and a bunch of freaking jacked up you know uh, freaking roid noobs here in in the next year or two? It's just like like you know what I mean? Like it just so it's it's that's what I'm afraid of it going back to. And I I, I think at one time like you know that that I would watch Raw when it was Shawn Michaels versus Max Moon or Yokozuna versus Coco Beware. And I look at the the caliber of athletes they have now, and it's like, oh my God, this should be, it should still be, you know, because if you line up name for names, even with eighty releases, there's still. I was I was messaging back and forth with Adam. There's still like eighty some odd guys where I'm like, you know what? These are some you know great talents. Like I listed some of the you know Ali, Montez Ford, Austin Theory, you know um, AJ Balor, Cesaro, Zayn. Like you could go right down the line. Like there's still some badasses in that company that could like, given the spotlight, could just rip it up. Mm-hmm. But it it it's it makes me worried now about like how do I as a fan get invested in someone like a Hit Row, like a John Morrison, like a 
excuse me, like a Keith Lee, Andrade, Alistair, Adam Cole, Daniel Bryan, like how do I get invested in them and and find out the next week, like, oh, they were cut for budget reasons, quote yeah. unquote. It's like there's no budget reasons. This company could afford 500 to pay 500 people a million dollars a year, and it wouldn't make a dent. That's a, it doesn't even, like, that's it, it's ridiculous budget reasons. So probably, to your point, to Adam's point, you're, you're probably 100% right. They probably are angling for this for a sale. What does that mean then? Yep. Like, in, you know, if we step back, like, and you absorb this, this entity, what do you do with it? Like, if it ends up in the hands of, a, of an NBC, if it ends up in the hands of a Disney, what do they do? Do they give it, do you give it to someone like a John Favreau who could, you know, resuscitate, you know, the, the Star Wars franchise and make it exciting and make it something, you know, that captures the heart of what makes the fans fall in love with it in the first place? Or does it become... You know, does it become like Justice League? Like, well, we can, you know, it's a, they put a bunch of superheroes on screen and it did a lot of money over at Marvel. So here's Aquaman. Like, let's, you know, there you go. You know, like, I guess, you know, WWE fans want Hulk Hogan and Tito Santana. Here you go, everybody. WWE, yay. Like, it's not, they, like, it doesn't, I don't understand, like, what what Vince McMahon is angling for. Like, yeah. what, you know, like, it, it's, it's, it almost brings to mind the promo he cut with the NWO all those years ago, like when he was in character saying like, I'm going to kill it. I'm going to inject my creation with a lethal, lethal dose of poison. It said, was that, was that a shoot? Was he, did he mean that? Cause, like, cause, now I'm like, now I'm beginning to wonder, like it's the, you know, I, I, I just, the, the, you know, only the lethal dose of poison is Nick Khan and a, and a 10 year contract with the, Kingdom of Saudi Arabia oh, instead of oh the NWO. God. Oh my so, god! Like that? Yeah, I don't understand it. <sighs> well, you know, great conversation, Mike Mailman. Um, it, oh, it, it, it it definitely always. yeah. It, Thank it, God you you said it, man. Like a little bit ago, like and it triggered my thought as you were speaking about like you know what the business has meant to you growing up and and going with your dad. Like like straight up. Thank God. For you, thank God for Adam, Tanner, Jimothy, Buck, um, all of you guys, Joshua, all you guys in the, you know, on the program here who I wish could have joined us tonight. Thank God for all of you guys in the chat because with all of this happening, you know, even with the great stuff that's happening in AEW and New Japan and all these other things, which I love and I appreciate and I'm I'm so happy for the the success that the business and that wrestling fans can enjoy now in, in 2021. But for me, you know, this guy who has, like I said, grew up with this thing and being feeling betrayed by this thing. Thank God for you guys. Thank God for this show, but thank God for you guys individually for, for, you know, your passion and your love for this and your insight and your viewpoints, because I have no idea where my head would be without <laughs> you guys and having like, you know, having, your infectious love of this to kind of to to you know wrap myself in thank god for you guys man like i can't even tell you because that you guys are what has kept me from being in just inconsolable with this right now honestly like and being yeah absolutely man um it, it's a the wonderful world uh of professional wrestling <laughs> and i i'm so fortunate uh, to have you know y'all in my chat in in the chat room too and it, it's it's a breath of fresh air and I know it's it like 
it's something so trivial as professional wrestling, you know, to to really something to bitch about. Um, but it's important to us. It's it's the uh, it's still road to me, damn it, kind of kind of situation, you know. Um, yeah, we know it's a work, but it brings us happiness and joy, you know. And uh, regardless of what you yep. believe happens after we we leave this place, the point is that we leave this place. And, you know, I always tell myself, like, I want to make sure I do everything I possibly can with the with my passions. The number one being professional wrestling and be fulfilled when I leave here and, and to make sure I'm happy, you know, with, with everything, uh, oh, yeah. you know, and that, that includes professional wrestling, man. Um, and so, I, uh, yeah, but I don't, I don't know where I was going with that, but I, I just I just want to make sure, uh, you know, that we always say our piece and then we, we never leave here. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, leaving anything on the table. I don't think we did that today. Um, no. Yeah, a- a- absolutely okay. not. Um, but you know, um, let me. Uh, actually, it's a little too loud there. Uh, I guess we'll just close it out then, man. I, I, just, I again, I want to say thank you to Mailman Mike. Mailman, I, I don't care what anyone else thinks <laughs> in our group. Uh, as far as the stable of studs go. Uh, you are the mouthpiece for of our show, you know. <laughs> I just want you to know that <laughs> you, you, you and Bug bring in uh, this this very, very outspoken outlook onto it, and you give me different perspective and you give me different meaning when it comes to wrestling. Uh, so I appreciate you so much beyond words, uh, and, and so glad that you're a part of our show. Uh, and I'm also glad uh, that our audience is a part of our show. And if you did include, uh, you did enjoy listening to us today, feel free to follow us on Spotify if you haven't done so already. Feel free to subscribe to us and have a podcast and leave us a five star review and uh, maybe uh, spread spread this around if you found this uh, you know insightful in any means. Um, or if you want us to get uh, roasted by some workers, uh, I could care less as long as this get, it gets out. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, but this. This has been the Stable of Studs. I'm Tank Rodriguez. You've been listening to the wonderful mailman, Mike, and we'll definitely see you on the next one. See you, guys. Good night, all.